0: angie everybody the lovely beautiful very kind thanks mark hello everyone i'm angie i'm an alcoholic um i'll try and i'll try and remember what to say um i'm sometimes mind goes blank one of my um earliest memories was of well, a few of them, actually. My dad getting drunk and wrecking the house, but one that sticks in my mind was at Christmas because he threw the tree across the room. So I, I grew up with that. I grew up with an alcoholic, but I just I didn't know what alcoholic meant. I just knew that he drank too much. So I'd always... I would always wonder why I just didn't stop. Why you had to make life so difficult and why we used to pack of things to go to my grandma's quite often. We never went because he must have made promises and my mum believed him. But yeah, that's what I, I just, I didn't understand why he wouldn't just stop. Um, I found out, I, I found out when I was older that um, he did go to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, but it wasn't for him, so he never went again. And as far as I know, I don't drink now. I've not spoken to them in quite a lot of years. But I think I think it could do with going going through the steps. Um but that's not that's not really for me to say, is it? Um So, yeah, I, uh, I used to, my mum used to get buttercup syrup for coughs and I remember drinking that and downing most of a bottle because it, it felt nice. I liked the way it felt on my throat when I drank it. Um, but I didn't I didn't think about why I liked it. I just did. And um, then I started really drinking when I was 13. Uh, I used to go into pub because... I looked older I looked at 18 easy um when I was 13 and I was always really wary of how much I drank because I knew that um I embarrassed myself when I got drunk so I was always controlling it I was always on top of it and trying not to have more than everybody else had but I'd be obsessed with, you know, watching my people finish their classes so we can have another drink. Um, and I remember the first time I got really drunk, I was babysitting for my cousin's neighbour and he made me um, a cup, like a half pint mug with vodka, brandy, whiskey, and gin. And I drank that down and got really drunk. didn't know why i just knew that it felt good to be out of it um then well the last time i was 18 i was married um i went i got married when i was 17 and then my ex-husband went to australia and i followed him a few months later um and then my daughter was born in australia and i think i yeah i did i drank i drank during my pregnancies because there wasn't the information that there is nowadays and thankfully all my kids are okay but i smoked a lot of weed as well um and i think the jury's out on that one whether it's whether it's harmful to babies obviously not when they were born but when i was pregnant i still i think back at it now and occasionally feel a bit of guilt. Um especially for drinking when I was pregnant. I just think I'm bloody lucky that they're okay. They um I do I do have a strained relationship with my youngest daughter. Um she just she just can't forgive how I was when, when she was growing up. Even though I've um, made amends and tried to do everything to make things right, she just, she can't let it go. She's angry all the time. She's a lot like I was when I was drinking, just angry all the time. <laughs> but anyway, I'll go back to, coming back from Australia, um, I met my now ex within a a couple of within about six weeks of coming back to England and we were together fifteen years i was i I was looking for someone who who was the opposite of my ex-husband who was unreliable and couldn't hold down a job and screwed anything that moved but with Ian he was he had his own job and house and car and treated me really nicely until I've realized. Uh, after breaking up with him, that he was um, really financially abusive. I had to, I had to get a job so that I could buy stuff for the kid because he'd refused to give me money for even for Christmas presents and stuff. I had to get out of loans to get them presents, and I thought at the time that was normal. But I've since grown up of it and realised it's not. But we, we broke up and. I think one of the reasons we broke up is because I don't know I think I never really loved him like I thought I did because I had had lots of affairs when we were together um, but I was drinking then and um, I realise now if I was with someone and wanted to be with someone else I'd break up with the first person first I um. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have that behaviour anymore. But he also, so he also slipped around too. So I think we were both as bad as each other. But when we split up, I used to, I used to drink each night because I'd say I was a, I was a, um, a single mother, so I deserved to drink. I'd find any kind of excuse. Um, I'd wake up, I'd wake up on a morning being pissed off that I'd woken up, because I never wanted to, and I I didn't, I wanted to just not wake up, I just wanted to stop feeling like I did, that the the way the drink numbed everything for me, but I realised it wasn't getting to the root of the problem. And um, I used to go on this chat platform called Pal Talk. Um, and I, I used to just chat to random people and would do music. There'd be a music quiz where they'd play the first bars of the song and you had to guess what it was. And it just seemed like the best thing in the world when I was drunk and stoned. Um, but one night, There wasn't much on. It was a bit boring. So I I looked and I looked on the list of rooms there were and I saw Alcoholics Anonymous and I thought um, a bunch of idiots who could just stop drinking instead of complaining about it. Because I'd grown up with my dad like that. So I just had no respect for people who who drank too much and didn't stop. But I realise now it was... I was looking at myself when I was looking on there and I went on and asked the people lots of um lots of questions about why they were why they thought they were alcoholic and stuff. And they just kept telling me to go to face-to-face meetings. Um and I eventually did, but I'd ask I asked them lots of questions beforehand, like do I do um I have to pay? What do I say? What do I wear? What do I what do I think of other people? Um and eventually I did get to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and and the guy outside, the greeter, said, Um, I am a am I a friend of Bill W. And I said, I've no idea who that is, I'm just here for the AA meeting. Um and it was it was weird. I felt at home but sort of like a bit disjointed because I suppose any other time I'd be drunk on an evening. Um so it felt weird not being drunk. And I remember looking around at the posters on the wall and not understanding them and and when people were sharing horrible things that they'd done and said, I didn't believe them because I think look at this lovely, well dressed smart looking man or woman and they're saying they did all these horrible things I just didn't believe them because I didn't believe that um, that people could change because like I said I'd grown up with that Um, so yeah my my first meeting was I've got um, I think it was about 19 years ago my first meeting or nineteen or twenty years ago. Um I had uh, like a biscuit, I've kept the biscuit wrapper. Um and that's always that's in my purse. So that's that's my memento from my first meeting. And then the second meeting I went to was lovely because there were people there from the first meeting so I felt like it felt like I already knew them. Um and I was in well, because my ex had left, we were having to sell a house. And it, I was I was. I found it difficult trying to buy another house because the house that I'd found, the owner wanted more money and I didn't have it. And I thought, well, i had no idea what I was gonna do. But the people in the meeting helped me and and I said this is just doing my head in. I'm going to go get drunk. And I was t- given given a lift home and then somebody rang me when I got home and so I was talking to them and um, I managed to buy a house without getting drunk. So that was good. Um, and then it was on, I think, Boxing Day 2004. I think it was, I think it was the, day of the uh, tsunami or near to it, um, I met a guy at um, a meeting and, well, we got together for a year, actually. I always always wondered why, you know, what attracted me to him. And I realised that we were both as mad as each other. But um, that was like ten years worth of intense relationship in in a year. I was obsessed with him, um, and well, to the to the detriment of everything else. You know, my kids would say to me, "If you're happy that Brian's coming over, why are you not that happy with us?" And I just couldn't answer them because I didn't, I didn't understand why I was feeling that way. I, the obsession, I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it. Um, and it, I was f- forever trying to make him happy and trying to hope that he'd treat me the way I treated him, but but he didn't. And and towards the end of that relationship like a week ago now I decided to drink again because I'd been to a meeting and um and I pretended I texted him pretending it was someone else the wrong number because I had a, another phone and he told me he was single and I went I was sat in the meeting on that Monday night thinking right I'm I can't handle this I don't want to feel like this anymore I'm just gonna go drink and when I got home i got the when I got the bus home, I went to the supermarket before I went home and um I ended up seeing two three people from the meetings and they were insisting on talking to me and I was just thinking, "Well, you just bugger off so I can buy this booze so I did, and I drank for a week um I most of that time I drank during the day too I don't think I was at work then or, or it was the school holidays or something um but on the last day that the last day that I got drunk on the Sunday um I I'd, I'd woken up feeling awful like the worst hangover ever and I decided that I was gonna go. Back to my year. Um And we'd split up um, on, I think it was on Christmas Day, I split up with him. And life got calmer. It was lovely. Um, I didn't have that obsession anymore, eventually. Um, and I realised that I was worth more. That I shouldn't have to sort of jump through hoops to be with someone. Um, and then um, he, he died a few years later, but he did take a lot of cocaine, so it was his heart that stopped, I believe. Um, and I'd i I'd, I'd been in hospital because I had cervical cancer and I had um, an operation and then came on radiotherapy and stuff. And I felt I felt weird anyway because of all the stuff I was going through, but I found out that when he died, it was one of the days I was having the chemo and then his funeral was actually on my birthday. Um, so I often wonder what i would be doing now. But it, it's... It just shows me that I I was right not to take cocaine as much as he did. I took it sometimes, but I really liked it. So I stopped. I had to stop because I knew that I'd get addicted to it. And then... Then I went to... At that time I used to go to loads of AA meetings. Uh, quite a lot of times I go to two, two times a day. <clears throat> and I thought that was brilliant that I could get to so many meetings. Um and meet all these friends, some of them that I hadn't met yet, which was which was lovely just to have people around me that understood how I felt and um I could relate to them. <laughs> and then my daughter had twins, um, there's I think they're 11 or 12 now, um, and her husband worked weird shifts. So I was at Laura's house most of the time, um, just helping her with them because, well, it's twins, you need two people really. Um, and because I was doing that, because I was at her house, I missed meetings. Eventually, I just stopped going because life got too busy. And I used to go to conventions sometimes, but if there was too many people there, it freaked me out. So I'd spend a lot of time in my room. Um, yeah, I don't mind conventions, but <laughs> it was having to talk to a lot of people that I I just couldn't do it i couldn't handle i'm an introvert and i love my own company so um when when covid hit i found there was a a friend of mine had a facebook group um and i found all these a meetings and went to a few of them but i just in a way it was just like a face-to-face meeting as um with the religious aspect of it Um, and it felt um, it just felt the same because I didn't understand the religious aspect of it I just well because I'm Buddhist anyway so um, I don't believe in any god And I was able to say that to people when I was on the helpline. You know, if they say I've been to AA and there's too much religious stuff there, I'd just say that about me being Buddhist. And it, I believe it did help a lot of people because they were able to go to meetings and not not be drawn in by people who said they had to believe in God or um, not even another higher power. It just people were Bible bashing. But then I found, I can't remember, I found Secular. Um, I think it was the Oh My God website. I found the, um, I went to a few of their meetings and it was wonderful that I could speak to people who weren't trying to persuade me to believe in their God. And, And then... I found Tusnua and met Mark and Mark got me into the Tusnawa stuff and met loads of other lovely friends. Um and it feels it feels like I'm at home now. Um, other days the the days that I used to have, I just felt like not part of anything, but I feel part of it now. And I've met loads of lovely friends, and a few of us have um we see each other twice a week, which is nice to have nice to have someone to talk to to um people who listen you know i mean I know in face to face meetings you do get a chance to talk, but there's no secular meetings near me, but I'm so glad I found you all I made so many lovely friends and I love you all. And thanks, Mark. I'll leave it there.